0: The following podcast is a glimpse into the life of Ecclesia Houston. We pray it is a blessing as you seek to follow Jesus, the liberating King, and live in his kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven.
1: I can see this is Pastor Chris, and it is truly humbling to be able to share with you from the Simon Bolivar Bridge. This is the bridge that connects the city of San Antonio in Venezuela and the city of Cúcuta in Colombia. Uh, this has become a major pipeline uh, because there's so many supplies that you just can't get in Venezuela. So people are coming over literally by the millions. Some will stay. Uh, some will move on. Some will try to get what they need. Very basic necessities and bring them back. And Ecclesia, I gotta tell you, I got a lot of days I'm proud to call myself an and I'm proud uh, to be the pastor of a church now at our 20-year mark uh, that has done so much that's beautiful and good in the world. But to spend a day Throwing a party uh, for our friends uh, that have been suffering has just been an unbelievable gift. I can't even begin to tell you the story, uh, but we got great friends in Mexico City. We're gonna be telling you more about them. When we were there, we were worshiping in a church called Vereda. We love that church. We have great friends there. And they started to tell us about their friend that had been a part of that church community, Diego, Diego is here, and uh, he's been serving in Cucuta. He's been here wanting to uh, care for Venezuelans, working with a group called Operation Blessing. And Diego said, we got a lot of needs. Would you come in and help us? And so, Iglesia, that's what we did. And we rolled in, and I gotta tell you, our friends helped throw together an unbelievable party. Um, I wish you could see my tennis shoes. Actually, I'm glad you can't smell me uh, through this, because we have been sweating. Uh, I smell like sweat and hamburger grease. It's been a crazy day. Uh, we thought, uh, just cause there's so many people, 4,000 burgers would go fast, but you can't cook 4,000 burgers really fast. You wouldn't believe. We hired some of the best chefs in Colombia in a great city called Cucuta. Uh, we found one of the best restaurants and these guys were all in to help. And they helped, we didn't just throw like Costco, frozen burgers up. They got great meat and grinded in amazing spices and handmade, and I'm telling you, every burger was amazing. Then our friend Wilfredo, Pastor Wilfredo and his wife, Rocia, they came over to join us. They came from the other side of the bridge in San Antonio. Wilfredo is a pastor in San Antonio. He's served about as long as I've served at Ecclesia. He's been there a little bit longer. He's got 21 years at that church. And he served in years of great prosperity, years that uh, their church was serving indigenous people, native Indian people, and they've got a lot of mission programs. And all of a sudden he said, it's really hard because now we're the missions program. And he he was asking, uh, well, he, he hesitated to ask, even for the baby formula and supplies and protein bars that we brought to send with Wilfredo, he was hesitant to ask because it's so hard to be on that receiving end. Part of what Wilfredo told us is we serve 4,000 burgers and if you would would believe, this great pastor, he didn't even want to eat one because he didn't want to take one uh, from the mouth of somebody else that would appreciate it. But I wanted to share a meal with him. We sat down and shared some food together. Hola. Hola. Como estas? Bien. 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 Como te llamas? Laurie. Laura. Mucho gusto, Laura. Mm -hmm. Soy Chris. Soy el pastor en Mm -hmm. los Estados Unidos. Mm -hmm. Si? Mm -hmm. Oh, chao. Mucho gusto, Laura. (laughs) Gracias. (laughs) Oh, she's a beautiful girl. So, as I was telling you before I met Laura, um, we threw this great party. And we realized it's a decent party with good food. It can be a great party with great food and great music. And I gotta tell you, Ecclesia, it's been unbelievable today. We've made more friends. Uh, people can't believe, who are these people from Houston? This group of people that have come together, Colombians, and. Uh, Venezuelans and people from all over Latin America helping to serve us burgers and offer music. And I just gotta tell you see it's beautiful. So many of you are wondering, hey, that's great. I wish I was there and I wish you were there too. I wanted to share with you a bit from the scriptures. And uh, one of my favorite passages uh, has come to mind while I was walking around with people today. It's a painful passage for me because in James, James remind us not to show favoritism to any of us who might be rich. And then he says, hey, if you're rich, He's got a few words for us, right? He says, hey, you've been eating all this meat. That's one of the reasons that came up is, uh, as I ate with Pastor Wilfredo today, one of the things he told me that was amazing to me, uh, I felt bad we were serving hamburgers. I wanted to do better, right? I wish we could do lomo. In Espanol, it's uh, it's filet, right? I wish we could do filet mignon for everybody. He said, hamburgers. (laughs) He said, Pastor Chris, you wouldn't believe. He said, most Venezuelans haven't had one hamburger since this crisis began. In fact, they work a whole month for a wage that would buy one hamburger. Can you imagine? You work for a month, and you'd have enough money to buy one hamburger. So he says, the gift that you offer to him today, that's a big gift. It's a beautiful gift, and I'm so glad they weren't just burgers. They were really, really good burgers. But when James is speaking, he says, hey, you rich people, you slaughter animals, you get what you want, but I want you to remember to be patient and to think of others in the midst of their suffering, right? And in that patience, it's really hard because he defines it for us. He says, to be patient is to be like a farmer. It means you plant a seed, you wait for it to grow, you water it, it takes a long time till you get a crop. And as we look at the work that God would call us to do here, it's gonna take a lot of patience. And for our brothers and sisters suffering here, They're going to need a lot of patience. And then in verse 11, I love this part of the passage. James says, look, we bless and honor the memory of those who persevered under hardship. Maybe you're at a place that you think, I'm facing some things. I don't even know how to face it. Or you can think of a time in your life that you've been there or other people that have. He says, remember how Job endured and how the Lord orchestrated the triumph of his final circumstances as a grand display of his mercy and compassion. And Ecclesia, that's what I wanna talk to you about today, is the story of Job. As we think about patience and suffering, what would we learn from that story? And I just wanna offer a few thoughts for you today, because for most of us, what's happening in Venezuela, at least before we got here, and now I get to be with you on this bridge, is something that's happening in a distant place. We got a few of you that are Ecclesians, you're Venezuelan, and you're thinking often and praying for family and friends here. But for many of us, we can go days or even weeks without checking in to find out what's going on. So I wanted to share with you, uh, as we think about the story of Job, what we should do as we respond to our brothers and sisters in Venezuela in crisis. And we could start with the story of Job with what not to do. And what we don't want to do is come here and try to offer any religious answers. We don't have any. Job's friends sat around and they said things like, it's God's will, right? I gotta tell you, the suffering that's happened on the other side of this bridge, the suffering that's happening here, it's not God's will. And there's no easy answer, and there's no way to placate this suffering. What we have to do is be willing to stand in that place and hopefully uh, respond in really beautiful ways. Another thing we don't wanna do that Job's friends did is start asking, well, what did you do wrong, right? We could ask people, well, did you support this government? Did you, it'd be really, really easy. In fact, you hear political conversations where people want to create blame. And when you're in the midst of suffering, I gotta tell you, if you were Job, and you buried 10 kids, can you imagine? For most of us as parents, just go there with me for a minute. Most of us as parents, the thought of burying one child, it's the most unnatural thing that could ever happen. We've experienced it at Ecclesia. The thought of burying one child is more than we can bear. Can you imagine burying 10? And in that place, many came and leaned in and started to ask Job, Job, what did you do wrong? How did you miss out? What did you do to create this kind of suffering and bring it upon yourself? And I gotta tell you, Ecclesia, there is nothing good that can come from trying to place blame. It's the last thing our brothers and sisters here need. What else could we not do? Well, one thing we wanna try to avoid is living in excess while our brothers and sisters suffer. So if we walk with brothers and sisters that are in need and we're gonna say, hey, you're a part of our family. You're a part of our Christian family. We have many Christian brothers and sisters here. What we don't want to do is just get lost in our excess and forget. So what can we do? And that's the really fun part of what I wanted to talk to you about today. The first is we want to share stories and we want to empathize. Today, as we um, hear stories of what's happening on the other side of this bridge, the average Venezuelans lost about 15 pounds. Uh, most people are already malnourished. That it's in that place that we can say, hey, I wanna I want empathize, I wanna feel their pain. And if we'll empathize, some beautiful things will happen. Here's the second one, and this is one of the big ones. This is what it means to be incarnational, to be Christian. It means you get as close as you can. Jesus came from heaven to earth to be close to us. And if we want to respond well to our Venezuelan brothers and sisters, this is what you ought to do. Get as close as you possibly can. Now, for some of you, your proximity is gonna be more in the heart and the head. You're gonna think about, you're gonna pray about our brothers and sisters. For many of you, you live in Houston, Texas. Congratulations, it's the best city on the planet, I believe, uh, from the United States at least, to travel to Latin America. You can get on a plane and in two connections, you can be here in Cucuta. And that's what we're gonna invite you to do. We're gonna be partnering with our friends at Operation Blessing uh, for the next 90 days. Till the end of June, we're gonna be here Uh, working with our friends, and this is what you can do. You can go now, you can pull up the United app, you can find a date that you're free, a weekend that you're off, and you can book a flight, go from IAH to CUC, that's the airport code for Cucuta, and then what you're gonna wanna do is send an email to Ecclesia, Venezuela at EcclesiaHouston.org, and what we're gonna do is give you the details of who you can contact, who you can get in touch with, and we'll give you an updated list of the supplies that we want you to bring with you. All of you can get at least 100 pounds worth of luggage onto a plane for free. If you've got status on United, you can get even more. You ought to bring a friend with status. You can get a lot more actually, about 210 pounds. And then we're gonna give you an updated list of what we want to be brought over here. It could be baby formula and socks and protein bars like what we brought on this trip. And then we're gonna help you connect with a great little cheap hotel. Or you're gonna stay with our friends here at Operation Blessing at an Airbnb that they've got close by and you're gonna Uber back and forth. You're gonna arrange it. We're gonna give you the details and you can pull it off. But this is what I've learned. The closer you get, the more you empathize and the more you wanna help. And what we got to do on this bridge, I gotta tell you, it's beautiful. This is what the scriptures called us to do, is just get close to each other and carry one another's burdens. You'll notice people walking on both sides of me, people on this side, they're on their way back to Venezuela and they're carrying as much as they can. In fact, when we walk over this bridge, I'd love to spend a whole day here doing nothing but this. Standing with brothers and sisters, introducing myself, letting them know, I'm a pastor, I'm a Christian from the United States. I love them, I'm praying for them. And they're carrying a heavy load and just offer to carry a suitcase, to carry a bag. People are carrying tires because they can't buy tires for their car in Venezuela. Whatever it is, you just help roll it and carry it and get it over with them, it'd be a beautiful gift. You can fly down here, bring some supplies, help feed some people and help carry their burdens. It'd be a beautiful thing. And here's lastly what you can do. If you can come and get close, or even from a distance, as you support the work that we get to do at Ecclesia, you can bring some joy. Because this is the thing, life is for the living, and even in the midst of suffering, people are longing for joy. And my prayer is, as I get to stand on this bridge, that every man, woman, and child gets to experience the joy of Christ, even at a difficult time. And I want to tell you, Ecclesia, you can do that. I don't know when you're free. I don't know when you have vacation. I don't know when you can come. What I can do is help connect the dots. I'll invite you. I'll give you the places that you can stay. I'll connect you with our friends and partners. And then you come and you just serve. Use your broken Spanish, use your fluent Spanish. Invite friends that can come and go with you and serve with you. Now, by the end, you'll be sweaty and dirty like me, but it'll be a beautiful, beautiful trip. So let me take a moment. We're gonna pray for our brothers and sisters, many that will cross this bridge day after day after day. And we're gonna pray together that this suffering will end. Lord God, I thank you. I thank you for friends that are part of the church from all across the globe, that come to places of hardship and suffering and difficulty. And they believe the incarnation. They believe what Solomon talked about in Ecclesiastes, that two are better than one, that we're better off together. And then in the midst of suffering, if we'll lean in and empathize, not try to offer answers, uh, not try to avoid the realities, but simply lean in with Christian love and joy. And we pray, Lord, that we can be a part of the ultimate solution. We believe that you've called Ecclesia and every Ecclesian to lean in and be a part of loving people from Venezuela, from Colombia, from Houston, and all across the globe. And so we pray this together in your name, in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we pray, amen. I would bet that
0: you are far more spiritual than I am. And the reason that I would bet that is when I hear about stories like this and what's going on in Venezuela and the opportunity that we've been invited to, uh, my first thought turns to this, uh, Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. (laughs) Because some of you are old enough to remember when this movie came out, and more of you have probably seen it. I think I was like in eighth or ninth grade, just at that age, where my parents were letting me do a little bit more things with my friends and for some reason on a Friday afternoon after school, me and my group of friends went and did what we did almost every Friday afternoon after school, which is go to the local movie theater and sneak in food and pay for one movie and then just stay the rest of the night watching other movies. And one of those was Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure. And so if you've seen it, uh, it's a really dumb story about Bill and Ted, who are these two guys who are basically the worst students in school and total slackers, and the only friends they have are each other. And like the next day, they have this really big American history project that's due, and they have done absolutely no work on it at all. And later that afternoon, that evening, they find themselves at the Circle K, and George Carlin shows up in a flying telephone booth And suddenly, strange things are afoot at the Circle K. But this isn't just a flying telephone booth, this telephone booth flies through time. And so they get in the telephone booth and they travel through time and they start collecting all of these historical figures like Socrates and Billy the Kid and they bring them all back in this um, telephone booth. Sorry if I'm ruining this for you. It's only been 30 years. And all of them arrive back and perform Bill and Ted's American History Project. And they get an A on the project. And at the end of the movie, like this big cathartic moment that we're all supposed to learn from. This is what the story has been driving to the whole time. The thing that Bill and Ted want us to learn is that we should be excellent to each other. That's the whole thing, which sounds like a really great idea, like a wonderful principle that we should try out, but it always bothered me because I am one of those people that every now and then gets really picky about grammar and be excellent to each other is not actually what they meant. Because you will know if you're a kind of person like me that each is bi-directional, right? That means like if I'm excellent to you, then you in turn are excellent to me. And that's not what they mean. Like, it's bi-directional, which is kind of what we do at Christmas when we say that we give gifts, but we don't actually give gifts. What we do at Christmas is exchange gifts. Like, I give you one and you give me one. That's bi-directional. That's an exchange. That's not actually what Bill and Ted mean. That's not what the writers meant. That's not what they were getting after when they had this big moment where we're all supposed to learn from. They didn't actually want us to be excellent to each other. What they wanted and what would have been better English is for us to be excellent to one another. And what that means, one another, is that whoever you come across, whoever you have contact with, whatever you have an opportunity, that you have an opportunity to be excellent to one another. That's everybody at any time. And so I doubt that when the writers of Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure were sitting down to write the screenplay for the movie that they were thinking about, they weren't like reading the Bible. But the Bible has a lot of one another's. Like just just in the New Testament, there's over 59 times what the scriptures call people to who walk in the footsteps of Jesus is one another. What scripture takes seriously that we hardly ever do anymore is the simple idea that we in a real and profound and deep way belong to one another. That for all of us, we carry a little bit of responsibility not just to our husband or wife or kids or parents or friends, but for everybody. And so the Bible says things like love one another and care for one another. In Galatians 6, when Paul is writing to these churches who are all spread out, feeling very isolated, and they're under persecution, and all sorts of things are going wrong. This God who showed up, who was supposed to make everything better, well, hardly any of that happened. Everything seemed to be worse. And Paul writes this letter and he tells them this. He says, shoulder each other's burdens, and then you will live as the law of the anointed teaches us. What it literally says is carry one another's burdens or trials. I don't know about you, as you see people walking back and forth on that bridge, literally carrying others' burdens. And so that's what we want to invite you into over the next 90 days to the end of June, is that you can be a part of carrying one another's burdens. And so what that's going to look like is there are incredible needs in Venezuela, And there has been a crisis down there, a financial crisis, a crisis so bad that inflation now in Venezuela is 2.86 million percent, that life expectancy in Venezuela has dropped three years. And what you're being invited to is to help carry those burdens because they need just about everything. So for some of you, that's going to mean um, flying down to Venezuela and taking supplies with you and staying with our partners at Operation Blessing. And for some of us, that will mean um, footing the bill for someone else to fly down there, um, taking time off work, collecting from friends and neighbors, all of the things that you need to have that we wanna take down there. And so the way we're gonna do that is we're gonna invite you to email this email address, Venezuela at EcclesiaHouston.org. And there will be a a PDF that you will get sent immediately to you with up-to-date needs. And so we're going to ask you to do this. If you're the kind of person that you've got the bandwidth, you've got the resources that you want to travel and be on the ground with some of our partners there, which we would love for everyone here to do, um, don't go off and book a ticket right now. Email us first and then we will help you get connected with what you need and where to go and all of that. We don't have the resources to be able to put together uh, whole trips for people. So you're gonna be able to do this when you can do this. And so for some of us, that means uh, connecting with people in our small group. And maybe not all of us can go, but some of us can go. And for others of us, that means there's a coworker that we know that might be really interested in helping us get there or pull that, pull that together and in calling those people in. I was at the gym the other day, and there's a guy who I talk to all the time. He's like super into everything going on in Venezuela. He was like an encyclopedia and sent me like 45 podcasts about what was happening there. And he said, you know, my wife's in China right now. I can't do something like go, but I can help somebody else get there. Because this is what the people of God have always done. And I know for each of us, there are different things that make our walk with God, our communion with God special and unique and beautiful. But for me, from the time I was a little kid, there have been two things that make following Jesus more meaningful than any other two things. And the first is that God promises to always be with us. And the second is that God calls us to be with and for one another. And so what we wanna do is ask you to seriously consider how God has positioned your life right now in this moment to be with and for our brothers and sisters in Venezuela. And this is something that every one of us on some level, whatever capacity we have, can participate in. Because this is what God has done for us. That in the person of Jesus Christ, That God has come to earth to be with us and for us. Thank you for listening to our podcast. If you would like more information, please visit our website at www.ecclesiahouston.org.